Welcome to 100% Elite. I am your host, Jeff Englert, and this is episode 16. Man, has it been a crazy week for pro wrestling. Very sad week for a lot of the WWE guys that uh, just got, I mean, completely let go. Uh, They said it was kind of abrupt and out of nowhere. Uh, I mean, I'm sure they saw some cuts coming. They had to have. Um, And that's what's going to segue us right into the news. So that was actually the top of the news right there was, um, I mean, you guys can see the list online. Uh, it's a pretty long list. Uh, the, the main guys that I know, uh, Leo Rush, um, they had Zack Ryder, Kurt Hawkins, uh, Shane Helms. I think he was more backstage, Kurt Angle backstage, um, Heath Slater, and, uh, Man, a lot of guys. Carl and um, Carl Anderson. Is that what his name is? Luke Gallows. Um, they used to be in the Bullet Club. That's where I know them from. I don't. Re- I didn't watch any of their WWE stuff. Uh, but I mean, they were just in WrestleMania. I thought with AJ. Uh, I just don't. I don't know. I mean, Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins have been there forever, dude. And so is Kurt Angle. Uh, I don't know if you got. Some people don't know who Shane Helms is. He was Hurricane. <laughs> he was actually one of my favorite uh, wrestlers growing up. Uh, that feud that he had with The Rock when he's, uh, you know, what you talking about? <laughs> he's hiding in his closet uh, and came out. and <laughs> Oh, it was a really good back and forth. Uh, you should go watch uh, that little that little bit that he had with The Rock when he was trying to choke slam people. That was a big thing for him. He would you know, slam his hand up against her throat like he was about to choke slam these guys and they'd look at him like, what the fuck? <laughs> oh man, good memories. But yeah, it was very sad. A lot of guys uh went to social media. Uh I think it was Drake Maverick. Um very emotional video from him. And uh man, it's just a sad day. A lot of those people, you know, needed that to provide for their families and they're not even getting furloughed. So they won't have benefits. They won't have anything. They're just cut. That's it. Um, I don't know. It's all for Vince McMahon to save a little bit of money. Uh, he could have cut a lot, a lot of other stuff. And, you know, he didn't have to have such. I'm sure if none of this stuff would have happened, you know, uh, we've been calling it the Voldemort uh, virus because uh, I'm sick of talking about it. But. If none of that stuff would have happened, maybe the XFL would have thrived. Maybe he would have had enough money to keep hoarding talent. But he just basically hoarded a bunch of people and paid them to sit at home. And it's it's coming up, not biting him in the ass, it's biting them in the ass. And uh, it's just sad. It really is. Uh, I know they're saving about $4 million a month now um, without paying people. So... I guess business is business, brother. Uh, but fuck it. I, 
hopefully a lot of these guys go somewhere else and don't go back uh, when everything come you know goes back to normal because uh, I mean Zack Ryder and AEW would be pretty fucking dope if you ask me man I like Zack Ryder I like Kurt Hawkins uh, but I guess that I guess they can't call him that anymore so it'd be Matt Cardona and Brian Myers the major brothers they got actually a really good um, podcast and YouTube channel, Major WF Pod, Major Wrestling Figure Podcast. Uh, they talk about wrestling figures and, uh, you know, time in the that they have in the WWE and stuff like that. It's a really good podcast, especially if you just like listening to uh, guys like that talk. I don't know what's wrong with my voice. I just squeaked again. Um, but yeah, it's a good podcast. I really feel sad for them. They got a, a lot of good stuff up on uh, Pro Wrestling Tees right now. Uh, Heath Slater has a shirt that says, I got fired. So um, he's, he's uh, I guess, looking on the bright side. I'm sure that shirt is going to fucking sell. Uh, but there is uh, more news, and it's for this podcast. I am doing a bonus episode tonight. I'm going to have my first guest on the podcast it's a uh, he literally grew up next door to me uh we were wrestling kids you know uh always playing wwf no mercy and uh watching uh pay-per-views and all kinds of stuff like that so i'm going to get him on here we're going to talk uh kind of what's going on so we're going to elaborate more into this stuff he watches everything i don't so He'll probably know a little bit more on the WWE side than I do, so it'll be a good conversation. We'll talk some pro wrestling, and uh, I'll get be able to pick his brain about uh, what he thinks about AEW, uh, who he thinks the top guys are, and good stuff like that. So it'll be a good conversation. I'll, I'm going to be posting both of these at the same time, so you'll have a lot of content to enjoy uh, this week. So... The next thing that I have in the news, it's the last thing, uh, BTE 200, man, being the elite to episode 200 is coming up and it's Nick Jackson versus Matt Jackson, brother versus brother, one-on-one. It's going to be fucking insane. I literally, um, the young bucks texted out that mass text like, oh, this is a preview. And I'm like, dude, Nick versus Matt, this is fucking insane. And uh, they texted me back again, like, dude, it's going to be nuts. <laughs> like, uh, it's just nice to know that they're still, like, answering those things. I don't know. It's really cool of them. Uh, I'm glad that they found something they can still interact with their actual fans and stuff like that. Because Twitter is just a fucking pile of garbage. It's just nothing but mad people on there spewing fucking hatred all the time. But... That's it. I'm pumped for it. It's uh, April 20th. It's going to be 2 p.m. on Monday. I don't know if you guys all know where April 20th is, uh, but I'm pumped, man. So this week, uh, BTE had some more matches on each one, and they had three episodes dropped. They had one on Monday, one on Tuesday, and one on Wednesday, and each one had a match in the beginning of it. So Young Bucks creating content, man. It was pretty good. Um, the first episode... It was uh, SCU versus uh, Team High Risk slash Jobbers in the squash match, uh, which they had Matt Hardy uh, put together the rules of a squash match. It was pretty good. You guys got to check it out. <laughs> um, basically, uh, Scorpio Sky was the ref, so you knew SCU was definitely getting rid of these guys pretty quickly. 
Um, SCU ended up with the win, obviously. <laughs> it was actually a pretty uh, entertaining match. It was pretty quick. And uh, sent them on packing, man. And the next match that we had on the next episode of BTE, it might have been on the same episode. No, I think it was on the next one. It was uh, Peter Avalon versus Scorpio Sky versus Brandon Cutler. And this match was actually really fucking, like, really good. Uh, It really showed off a little bit from everybody. And Scorpio Sky, man, he should definitely be a singles talent. I'm telling you, that guy has got charisma out the ass. He's got the look. Um, I mean, he looks like he could be champion. Like, his moves are good. He's real clean in the ring. Uh, He's got that technical wrestling stuff down, plus he can do high-flying stuff. I mean, the guy wrestled with no fucking shoes on, Um, and uh, I don't know if you guys remember that. On an episode of Dynamite, he was supposed to not be in the match. It was going to be Christopher Daniels and uh, Frankie Kazarian in the tag tournament, but Lucha Bros came in and attacked Christopher Daniels and did that uh, package pile driver right on the ramp. And fucked him up. So Scorpio Sky is like, dude, yeah, I'll do it. And he just, uh, you know, takes off his shirt and, you know, wraps his wrist up or something like that and hops on in. And he ends up losing, uh, <laughs> losing a shoe, keeps wrestling with one shoe, takes the other one off after he hit these fucking phenomenal moves, throws it out into the crowd. I think Sony threw it back at him, if I'm not mistaken. But Pretty good stuff, man. I think he's got it. He had that match with uh, Chris Jericho, and it was actually—I think it was a title match, actually. Um, yeah, he, he like tricked him like a fucking Looney Tunes cartoon into giving him a uh, um, a title match. That was a really fucking good episode of Dynamite. Um, but yeah, I think he should be. I think he should get out of SCU um, and just do it, man. I think it would be great. So. In this match, I just went on a tangent for some reason. I really do think this guy is a star. I think that's why I went on such a big rant. But it was there was a lot of cool moves from everybody. It was a really good triple threat match. Uh, Sky gets a TKO, TKO splash combo. And both Peter Avalon and Brandon Cutler get pinned. And it was, it was pretty good. So they're both losers still. Uh... I can't wait for the Peter Avalon versus Brandon Cutler match to see who's the biggest loser. <laughs> They're building the storyline pretty good, actually. Um, Peter Avalon, he's growing on me for sure. He's uh, his little character of, that's not wrestling, this is wrestling. No, that flippy-dippy shit. I don't know. It's really funny, um, especially when the librarian thing isn't really being, he's not shushing anybody or doing anything like that, so... I, I like him being a normal guy than being the librarian. That should just be Leva Bates, the librarian bullshit, not Peter Avalon. It makes him look a lot better. Um, so the last episode of BTE that we got this week was a Battle Royale under the limit Battle Royale. So this one, it was a little wonky. So basically, whoever won this match, got to decide what the match is going to be on BTE 200. They're going to main event BTE 200. We knew where this was going, but it was still a nice uh, battle royale. It was actually one of my favorite battle royales that they've ran because it was actually like P 
people coming in instead of big old groups. It was like, oh, the jobbers came in at the same time. I forgot. One of the rules of this was if you're a jobber, you can come in two at a time. (laughs) So basically uh, saying team high risk, just fucking come on in. Really laying into these guys with these uh, jobber uh, little digs. (laughs) But it got down to the bucks at the end. And uh, Nick ended up German suplexing Matt with, uh, like right on the apron. And uh, Nick picks the match, man. And it's Nick versus Matt Jackson. BTE 200. Super pumped. Um, I, 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 don't, I don't even know what to expect with this match. Uh, that's what's crazy about it. Because Matt is, he's like the Matt Hardy of the Young Bucks. And Nick Jackson is like the Jeff Hardy of the Young Bucks. So it it's just going to be nuts. It's going to be absolutely nuts. Um, so we're going to do the homework match now in between this and Dark. Because Dark only has... Well, fuck it. Let's just do Dark. Because uh, it's only one match. <laughs> it was actually a good match. It was Billy Gunn versus Sean Spears. And I really like this match. Billy Gunn looked like a fucking giant. Um, Sean Spears, you guys already know if you guys are listeners... I really like Sean Spears. He does all the little shit. The first half of this match is him doing the little heel spots. Um, if there was a fucking crowd here, they'd be going nuts for this guy. They'd be on, he would have them in the palm of his hand easily. Um, uh, Austin Gunn was on ringside, and it was just a really fun, entertaining dark match. It really was. Uh, about the second half, it really starts to pick up, and. I mean, they they chopped the shit out of each other. He chopped Billy, and Billy stared him down like, did you just really smack the shit out of me? <laughs> and and uh, Sean Spears looked at him, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for that. <laughs> like, and it was real quick, and it was just a, such a cool moment. Um, very funny. But uh, he keeps calling timeout in this match. The timeouts were, I was dying. I was laughing so hard. He's just like, timeout, timeout. (laughs) And everybody's looking at him like, there's no fucking timeouts in pro wrestling, man. This is not how it works. Um, But it was a close match uh, in the second half. It really was. Uh, Sean Spears ended up hitting that C4 for the win. And uh, Spears versus Billy was a great match, man. Billy Gunn has still got it, dude. He's still got it. Uh, I like how instead of putting like some other thing on his trunks, uh, Billy Gunn's trunks say "All Elite" or something like that. So you can tell he's he's fully in. He's ready for it, man. Uh, it was actually a really great episode. I'm kind of sad that it was one epi- like one match on Dark this week, and I think next week isn't much bigger. I think we're only getting two matches. Uh, Joe Alonzo, which I like, Joe Alonzo versus Cody Rhodes. So uh, that's going to be a good match. And then it's uh, Anna J versus um, Penelope Ford, which both of them look fantastic. Penelope Ford, I'll talk about her later. She is firing on all cylinders, man. I say that a lot, uh, but she really is. She's hit, she's hitting her stride. I hope they push her um in this women's division, and I hope they give her some mic time. Let's hear her talk. Hopefully that she's in promo class and getting ready so they don't put her out there like they did Britt Baker at first because that was just god-awful. But, yeah, that was it. That was dark.
uh, one match. Um, homework for this week is actually a phenomenal fucking match. And it is the Broken Hardys, which is the Broken, you know, Matt Hardy and the Broken Jeff Hardy. This was before their uh, comeback at the uh, WrestleMania 33. And it was versus the Young Bucks um, at the Supercard of Honor. It's a Ring of Honor match uh, for the Ring of Honor tag titles. It's a phenomenal match. It's literally tables, ladders, chairs. It's all of it. It's good shit, man. It's really, really good. Uh, very hard hitting. The Young Bucks sold the shit. Uh, sold the shit. They sold so fucking good. You could just tell that they really, really wanted this match. Uh, obviously, they emulate a lot of the, what the Hardys do. And uh, they're, I mean, they're almost like. Um, they're, they're very different by the way. They still do things way different. It's like if the Hardy boys and Shawn Michaels like had a baby, it'd be the young bucks. (laughs) Um, but it's a phenomenal match. That's the homework this week. Check it out. Let me know what you guys thought of it. Um, you know where to find me Twitter at a hundred elite pod or at my personal Twitter page at J Engler 88 definitely hit me up there um yeah that was uh the homework this week so let's get in to aew dynamite this week um so it starts off with a couple promos uh the first one is the promo uh jake the snake uh pulled and i actually found a good quality audio for this so uh here it is you know, when this whole thing came about, man, uh, TNT coming up with this championship and wanting to put somebody out there in front, I think it was made for us. I'll tell you why. They would love to have a Lance Archer out there in front. You want to take something to a party, take him into the party. Everybody's going to look. Everybody's going to bow down. When he walks into a place, he commands attention. Lance was made for this. In our minds, that championship belt is a bone. Do you really want to come try and take this bone away from that dog? Lance is going to enjoy this. Because each time he wins, he knows he's going to be getting a little bit closer to what we want. Well, Cole Cabana, I've watched you for years, hell. I know what you're capable of. And you got some stuff, but not near good enough. You look at Lance Archer, 275 pounds of raw steel, man. He's got an attitude. He's got a chip on his shoulder. He was pushed out of this country, man, and forced to go to Japan just to make a damn living. And he's pissed off. Whoa! God, I've been wrestling a long time. I've seen him around the world. I am prepared for this man, no matter how big, no matter how tough. He's got something none of you people have. He's a friggin' animal. Listen to me or regret it. It's your choice. Can this guy cut a bad promo? Like, I I haven't heard anything, like, ever from this guy. Uh, well, obviously, like, you know, 
there's a documentary on him. He says some bad shit in that. But uh, I mean, in AEW, dude, this guy is just a master class promo guy. This guy makes you invested in whatever the fuck he's talking about every single fucking time. Uh, and the way he's hyping up um, Lance Archer just makes him look so much better. I guarantee if Lance Archer was cutting his own promos, it would just be some angry fucking big guy yelling, I'm going to fucking destroy whoever, blah, blah, blah. This makes it seem so much more than it is. It's so much bigger. It's really hyping up this endgame uh, title match. Cody, Lance Archer, because we know that's where this fucking tournament's headed. Um, but this week, he faced Colt Cabana, and it was a phenomenal match. I really love this match. Colt Cabana sold the fuck out of it. We'll talk about it later when it comes up, but that was Jake the Snake's promo, and it led right into Colt Cabana's promo on this, kind of given his story and his promo on Lance Archer. Um, and it's a pretty good one, man, so I found that one too. Uh, here it is. I've known what I have done in my career, where I've been, my past, the experiences that I've had. For me, I expected to come in to have an undefeated record, to be someone that fans are talking about going, oh, he's good. Look at this athleticism. He's got him up. Look at the strength. This power. Oh, the Chicago oh. skyline. But I feel there was a lower expectation on me from people within the company and maybe even a, a separate demographic of fans. And, and now I'm blowing their expectations, but not for me. I've always known that I'm a, a great competitor, a great wrestler. Yeah, a little charismatic, a little over top, uh, a little fun. Lance Archer, okay, dominant in Japan, right? So we want him here in AEW. The guy's dominated in the Far East for so long, we're gonna bring him finally back to America so he can prove himself. What about me? I've been dominant in Japan for over 15 years, dominant in China. Australia, I've wrestled in India, I've wrestled in Austria, I've wrestled all over Europe for years. So my record and my track record is just as good as Lance Archer. Lance Archer may be put on a little bit of a pedestal, but that's the beauty in this story. Come from underneath, show my worth, and prove myself. Right now I'm concentrating solely on Lance Archer. Uh, I'm not looking past Lance Archer in any way. He is a big, Bad dude. I've wrestled big bad dudes, and I have won against big bad dudes. To hold the TNT championship and to be a champion on the level of AEW, that's the goal right now. And I didn't even know that was the goal, but it's been presented to me. And I'm going to take my goals one step at a time, like I always have in my career. And this is all I'm thinking about. And I know there's a lot going on right now. I know that, but this is all I'm thinking about. I'm kind of gambling on myself in this tournament. And I'm gambling on myself to be the TNT champion. Oh shit, for some reason I thought it was later. It literally re leads right into this Lance Archer versus Cole Cabana match. Um, Cole Cabana's offense and like the little shit, little funny stuff that he does where he springboards off the bottom rope when they throw him into it. And like, oh, I'm getting out of the way. Um, and him sliding around and kind of... Uh, not poking fun, but just that kind of shit was really pissing Archer off. I mean, he was just laying in some good offense here and there in the beginning, and 
Archer looks huge standing next to Colt Cabana, man. He, he just, in the moves that they were doing, that giant fucking choke slam, it just, he was wrecking Colt Cabana, but it, it was making Colt Cabana look like, uh, like so much more, um, like uh, super res- res- resilient. And it, it made him look like a tougher opponent because of the shit that Lance Archer was doing and he wasn't getting pinned. He wasn't jobbing out. It wasn't a short, short match. Um, and, and Colt just kept getting back up, man. It was such a good match and the blackout. Um, I mean, how can you pick a fucking dude like Colt Cabana up in the air like that? Um, hit him with the blackout. Archer gets the win. The dude is nuts. The dude is absolutely nuts. His fucking matches are insane, dude. Um, and yeah, that was it. He got he got the win off of that. So it leads right into a promo from Britt Baker. So uh, I, she's been kind of doing this role model thing, and it's it's a halfway decent. I don't know. It, it's hit or miss for me. Uh, this promo wasn't that bad. I'll give her that. It was like a little vignette po- uh, little promo. Um, and I'm hoping she's got some good matches. I like the color that she got in the Hikaru Shida match. So it put a little bit more stock in uh, my book with Britt Baker. And so did this promo in a little bit. It, it was all right. Um, so here it is. The rules of being a role model. Rule number one, always fight fair. A crucial component of being a role model, yet one sadly we don't always observe. Take last week, for example, when my opponent, clearly threatened by me, took to desperate, disgusting, and dangerous tactics. I felt the immediate burning in my skull and the blood pouring uncontrollably from my face, yet still I continued to valiantly fight with an excruciating, deviated septum. Mind you, I did this all without my usual admiring, dedicated fans chanting and cheering me, encouraging me to continue. No, it was all me. Me and my own grit, passion, and dedication to always be the face of this women's division. So, really, who's the true winner here? So, I, I mean, it, it's it's good, right? It's good. Uh, it, it's not too bad. Um, oh, well. The next uh, little segment here was Taz is like breaking down Jake Hager's uh, like finishing submission, man. It, this was the best touch on like a breakdown of, of this stuff. I mean, Taz is phenomenal, man. I think Cody and all of them know what they have in Taz and they're putting a lot on it. I mean, he's doing those after shows, uh, recaps and doing like basically podcast. He had a great podcast from before that I actually miss, um, you know, taking water breaks, water break Jones, like all the stuff that all the little stuff that he did on his podcast was really cool. It was really enjoyable. 
uh, missed listening to it. He basically cut that out so he can come uh, work for AEW. Uh, I think he was leaving the the broadcast team that he was in, or it was maybe like a, a certain company that was running his podcast. I think he left them too. Um, but this was a really cool segment. Uh, if you didn't get to check it out, um, he's basically breaking it down, like telling you, you know, how everything is locked in. I mean, they had a lot of footage from Bellator that was really slick. Um, it, it was just really cool, man. I love the build up to this John Moxley, Jake Hager match. It was really well done. Um, the, it, we'll get more into what else they did during the night uh, a little bit later. <laughs> um, the next match was Cassandra Golden versus Britt Baker. Um, now this had a really good like heel start to this, uh, like a super kick. Uh, Cassandra was really selling great for Britt. Like it, it made it look way uh, more devastating. She actually sold Britt's moves. Britt actually looked like she knew what she was doing for like <laughs> a minute, but. It ended up being a pretty much squash match. Um, Cassandra going out pretty easy. Uh, Britt Baker getting the win, man. Um, I guess she needs it, right? Uh, <laughs> uh, losing a Hikaru Shida like that. Uh, so, I don't know. Puts her back on the board. or I don't even know where the rankings are nowadays because half the talent isn't there. So, I kind of just thrown those out the window because nobody can really compete. Like Lucha Bros are on there, but they're stuck in Mexico, so it's not like they can even wrestle. Um, I don't know, just just little things like that right now kind of piss me off about this whole, you know, Voldemort fucking whatever bullshit. Um, the vi- man, the virus just shutting everything down. Nobody can get anywhere. It's just really hindering my <laughs> uh, pro wrestling. I know that's a small thing, and I shouldn't be that upset about it, but I mean, because there's people dying and shit, so. Uh, anyways, enough about that. Um, they had this another, the the next segment was the bubbly bunch and it was like a, uh, a Brady bunch spoof. Like it had a, like a little, uh, Brady bunch thing where they're all their faces, uh, were all broken up. Uh, like one was above one was below, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, and so they're all cutting these like little promos with their cameras facing them so they had the the like the point of view shots but then they also had shots of people recording them record themselves and it was was super funny Uh, it was great stuff from the inner circle always putting out great content they kind of have great content throughout the night uh, you know chiming in with the little videos Um, it was awesome it really was and it led right into a match uh, Shug D, uh, which he was on dark a couple darks ago, a couple darks ago, uh, a couple times ago, a couple weeks ago. What am I talking about? Um, he's, he's a British guy like, uh, Kip Sabian. He's actually really good, man. He can sell. He works really smooth. Um, and, and he'd be a great get man for this, you know, kind of like the mid card level. Uh, but he's going against Sammy Guevara and Sammy Guevara, I mean, he needs the shit out of this dude. A big fucking knee from Sammy. Um, yeah, selling great. He did that for Kip, too, in that dark match. He made him look great. Um, 
he hit that it's like a inverted like uh stu basically he picks him up on his shoulders but he's like on his back on sammy's shoulders flips him over and knees him right into the face and (laughs) man gets the win off of him and then cuts a pretty decent promo. Uh, the promo was actually one. It was pretty good, man. Leading into this Sammy Guevara Darby Allen two, because um, we saw the last one at Revolution. So this is going to be a fire fucking match. Which I'm sure they already taped it. I'm sure it's already great. I like Sammy Guevara. I like Darby Allen. Those kids are going fucking places. They're absolute stars. So yeah. Here's the promo from Sammy. Woo! Light work, baby. Light work for a Spanish guy. That's right. I can keep going. I can go another round, two more rounds. Or you know what, screw it. Let's go to the very first round. And let me go and spoil what happened in the very first round of the TNT Championship Tournament. Spoiler, Sammy Guevara beats the shit out of Darby Allen. Wow, yes! Damn right! That match is coming up in the opening round. You're you're booing me. Let me just go give you an example of how the hell and how brutal I'm going to beat the hell out of that face-painted weirdo. So Darby Allen uh, comes out and saves Suge D from getting the beatdown of a lifetime from Sammy Guevara. Um, and they kind of run out of the ring, and Sammy's just kind of backing up like, man, I got your number. I'm rent-free living in your fucking mind right now. Um, it was a good segment, man. I'm really excited for that round two of Sammy versus Darby Allen. I think it's going to be a fucking great match. Um I mean, they put on a hell of a match at uh, Revolution, especially with that um, table spot, the 630 through the table. Man, Sammy Guevara is definitely hitting that um, top-tier guy stride. You know what I mean? He's really over right now. Him and Darby Allen are just on rocket ships to the fucking moon. Um, I can't say anything better about them. They're just really good. They're really hitting the um hitting the mark uh especially in times like this man when you no fans uh the matches and the quality really do matter so i don't know we'll see where it goes we'll see uh who wins um uh my prediction is if sammy wins then cody is going to the finals but if darby beats sammy I think he's going to beat Cody also, and you're going to get Lance Archer versus Darby Allen for the title. Lance Archer wins the title, and um, then it furthers along that Cody for later. So you don't get that big payoff with Cody and Lance Archer right away. You get a kind of like a scapegoat to where Cody can fight for the title later, and he doesn't have to beat Darby Allen again for like the fucking fourth time or something like that. So I don't know. That's my uh, my little take on where the storylines are going. But um, next match was actually pretty fucking good. It was Kip Sabian with Penelope Ford um, with Chucky and uh, Orange Cassidy, uh, the best friends, basically. 
without Trent <laughs> um, coming out. And, uh, dude, Penelope Ford in leather pants. Holy shit. Like, what are you guys trying to do to us? Uh, I, I mean, it's hard enough to to watch the match that was taking... I mean, the match was great, but you know what I mean. It's hard enough to pay attention to this shit sometimes, but to put her out there in those fucking leather pants like that? Oh, man. I was uh, I was definitely more... more uh, not more occupied. I didn't say that. <laughs> um, anyways... Um, I think Chuck is very underrated though. Uh, he's very charismatic. Um, he works like a fucking champ, man. He's got some really cool offensive moves. Um, dude, the Penelope Ford spots in this match were very Lita esque. The Hurricane Rana off the top rope. Um, these little valet spots are doing her wonders, man. She looks like such a fucking star. She really does. She makes, makes Kip look way better. I don't think he would be shining as bright right now as if he didn't have her with him. Um, but it was good. It was a good one, man. Uh, the Chuck E. Cheese. Why did I write that down? Oh, that's what Chris Jericho called one of his moves. <laughs> the Chuck E. Cheese. Oh, man. Jericho's fucking hysterical. Uh, the parts where Chuck was yelling, Falcon Arrow! I just, I died laughing every single time. Uh, he's, I can't wait till he says shit on TV either. I, I, we need that to happen. Um, well, that was my phone. Uh, There's a couple really cool spots. Uh, Pop-up Powerbomb was dope. Um, and then Kip just ends up rolling up Chucky, man. And and getting the win, and then Jimmy Havoc DDT'd Orange Cassidy in part of this match. My phone's going stupid nuts. Um, so that set up a match between Jimmy Havoc and Orange Cassidy for next week uh, on Dynamite. Man, that's gonna be a good fucking match. Uh, anything with Orange Cassidy in it right now is a good match. Uh, <laughs> I mean, he's just. Everybody loves that guy right now. It's unbelievable what what they've done with Orange Cassidy. They've he's literally had like one or two little spots, one match, one big match, and like one other you know little spot here and there. And he is the most over character I think in AEW. He gets the biggest fucking loudest pops. It's it's fucking ridiculous, man. Um, I just got to say, man, I'm loving the matches tonight and the videos on what's going on with the Hager Mox match, like all the little POV uh, style videos, selfie videos, um, POV, God, I wonder where I got that from. Um, and it's really a nice touch that AEW is like... You know, they're in touch with the technology side and the low budget point of it because they all just did it all themselves and it works like the whole inner circle doing these little uh, promos, getting a lot of the Bellator guys and like friends of Hager and friends of John Moxley to do these like little interview spots. I mean, they had big John McCarthy. They had uh, Mike Goldberg. I, I mean, come on, dude. You guys can't get a better build up to a brawl style match than 
you did with this. I mean, it was, I think it was just brilliant. It really was. Um, the next match that we're getting into is Justin Law versus Sean Spears. And we knew who was going to win here, obviously. Um, it was a good little match, good little, uh, I mean, always getting to see Sean Spears out there. Obviously, I like the guy. I think he's, I think he just needs to do more. I would like to see him in bigger storylines and um, obviously maybe when the revival start popping up more, you'll get Sean Spears and the revival showing up a lot more, you know, picking at the, the baby faces a little bit more and, and getting in some better storylines. Hopefully he starts lopping some people over the head or on the back or the high shoulders with a chair again and really show that chairman uh, name that he gave himself. I, I really think he's undersold that chairman gimmick and really uh, really needs to lay into it a little bit harder. But he ends up hitting the C4 uh, getting the win on this Justin Law guy. And, uh, man, more Spears is always great for me. I liked it. Uh, his match with Chuck on Dark Chuck with Billy Gunn. I was thinking uh, <laughs> uh, Chucky and Kip Sabian. I don't know. My mind's melting. Now. We go to the last match on Dynamite, and let me tell you, this was different. Um, it was very wrestling heavy. It was very uh, real. They tried to make this real feeling to it. I wish they would have just done the pro wrestling side that they did in the last half. The last half was way better than the beginning, um, and I think it had to do with the spots where Mox was like hanging on to his ankles. And like trying to hold on. I don't know. It just looked kind of awkward. It didn't look. I don't know. I don't understand. I mean I do. I wish it would have been maybe a little bit more brutal. Or just a hardcore match. Instead of. Um, you know. What it was. I still liked it though. It wasn't a bad uh, match. Or by any means. I just. It was different. It was definitely different. Uh, from what we're used to, um, it was like half pro wrestling, half hard hitting, and another half of it was like trying to be a real wrestling fight thing. Uh, I don't know. Uh, but Moxley ended up getting a paradigm shift on the chair and rolling up Hager, finally getting the win over that big son of a bitch. And, uh, He's keeping big platinum with him, man. I think it's going to be a while before we see John Moxley drop that title. I never thought Jake Hager was going to win this fucking title whatsoever. Um, and that was it for Dynamite this week, guys. That was it. That was all the content. Um, now, I don't know about you guys, but I am excited for BTE episode 200. Matt versus Nick Jackson is going to be fucking great. Um, next week on Dynamite, we have Darby Allen versus Sammy Guevara um, and Kip Sabian versus Dustin. Now, the way I think that match is going is I think Kip Sabian loses. Um, and I think Dustin versus Lance Archer is that storyline we're going to get. And I hope um, Lance Archer makes, um, what's the, 
makes an example out of Dustin and really rubs it in Cody's face. Hopefully Cody comes out with Dustin. It would make for a better better storyline. So Cody's out on the apron cheering on his brother. Lance Archer just beats the shit out of him and keeps shoving it in his face. Doesn't pin him either. He should keep picking his head up and uh, really laying in the moves, choke slamming the fuck out of him. I mean, obviously don't hurt the guy, but... It would just be cool It'd further along, have Cody give something to fight for. And then, you know, you got to have Lance Archer win for the title. So you have that heel undercard, midcard guy that people have to get through to get to the babyface Mox, who is the ultimate champion in this, uh, in this, uh, wrestling, um, fucking, what is it called? Federation. <laughs> it's not a federation. Um, Promotion is what I meant to say. I don't know what's wrong with my brain right now. So I know with everybody kind of stuck in quarantine and all that kind of stuff, um, some of these storylines have been put on the back burner. And with the talent that they have, and they said that they've, you know, taped until middle of May, I'm wondering with the talent that we've seen so far. Uh, what kind of storylines and matches are we going to get out of that? I mean, we have a limited roster. We don't have Hangman, so you know the tag titles weren't getting defended. You don't have the Lucha Bros. There is no Death Triangle. Uh, you don't have um, Pac, I don't think. Um, it's just kind of a weird time right now, man. I hope maybe they open some stuff up like that and maybe get a little bit more people in one place and... As long as they're tested and all that kind of stuff that they're able to put on these full house shows with at least a full roster, full roster back in-house producing content would still be better than what it is now, like 10 times better. Have all the wrestlers around the ring, like all of them, and everybody's there, get the full roster there and kind of make it look like this packed house almost. Um, I think it would do wonders for the product that they have. And I know WWE is basically just firing everybody that they can. Um, uh, it, it's really fucking sad. I hope AEW doesn't have to do that whatsoever. Uh, I think this had more to do with how much money he lost, Vince McMahon lost, on the XFL deal. Uh, he's probably losing money in some of the TV stuff that they've got going on. And, uh, they, I mean, they're, it's a big company. They're paying a lot of people. I understand they have to make cuts, but they should have cut every other aspect before they cut just the, the lower tier guys that have given this company everything they really have. They should have started uh, at the top and started cutting some of the fucking pay that, um, his kids are getting and things like that. I think they could have done this a completely different way. Uh, it's just bad business. I hope none of these fucking talents go back to WWE ever again. I hope they do well everywhere else. I hope they go to New Japan, NWA, and fucking Impact, and AEW. I hope they go there and they just kill it. And they show the WWE that you were wrong for fucking firing them um, and doing what you did. That's just my take on it. You know, I, I've heard a lot of... Uh, interviews and things like that where they ask guys who've gotten fired it's mostly 
the producer kind of role guys or like Shane Helms said, you know, it sucks, but they were paying me to sit home and, you know, blah, 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 this. Like, fuck that, dude. They called you guys all up at once and fucking started firing people. That's just stupid. I know a lot of other jobs are getting fired and stuff like that, but Vince McMahon has a lot of money and he could have cut cost every single other way besides what he did to his talented people who literally put their bodies and everything on the fucking line for that company. It's just sad. It really is. But all in all, I hope, I guess out of all the people that uh, got cut and everything like that, the one person I'd like to see go to AEW is probably Zack Ryder. Maybe have a really good uh, feud with Cody, uh, Mox, you know, all the people that he's really tight with have, you know, basically changed the whole gimmick. So it'd be Matt Cardona uh, going in there, maybe... I don't know, maybe that Stompin' Paradise gimmick, man. Go in there with the beret and the fucking <laughs> squirt guns. No, I'm just kidding. Um, Stompin' Paradise, it's a it's a jab towards... A, they have a YouTube channel. It's a major wrestling figure podcast. They, they just do funny shit with wrestling figures and stuff like that. And he's got this, like, side character. Anyways, you know... If you know him, you know what I'm talking about. Um... Him and Cody are actually really good friends uh, outside. They're really big theme park guys. The Yeah. So that's one of the people that I think would do well there. I think seeing uh, Zack Ryder get a great match in him, get some time out there, I think he's probably um, either on his way there or he, he's not going to go back. That's all I know. There's no reason for him to go back. He He wouldn't get a title run. He wouldn't get anything there. Um, and hell, maybe he can bring, uh, Mr. Brian Myers, Mr. Kurt Hawkins with him and, uh, go rule somewhere else. But yeah, that's pretty much it for me guys. Um, so you know what to do. Hit up all the social medias, hit me up on Twitter at J Engler 88 and at a hundred elite pod. Um, And just tell me what you guys thought of this episode. I'm getting mixed reviews on some of the Twitter. But hit me up personally. Um, Tell me what you think. Uh, Tell me what you think about this podcast. You guys know what to do. Uh, Share this podcast. Like, subscribe. Do all that stuff. Um, Let's spread this thing as far as we can get. I want to have many, many more pro wrestling discussions. uh, AEW discussions. Stuff like that. So, um yeah, that's it for me, guys. Uh, I will see you on the next one. So you can call me Legion, but we are many. You are one, we have plenty. You have some, you're taking this so serious, but I'm only doing this for fun. You're walking backwards while I run, met without, because you're out done. Open my mouth as I erupt, regretting what you just begun. You're never stopping me, you're never stopping this. You never saw me coming, but you must acknowledge this. So I'll just bring the heat and leave them powerless to try to step to me. So maybe you should crawl a bit.